gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans around the world, as we are now in spring, uh, or so I think it's spring. I don't feel the way when I look outside here in New Jersey. We have another episode of Run the Point. I'm Rob, the beast from the east, the Hispanic from the Atlantic, and over there, Aaron from the West Coast. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, Rob? Hey, I know y'all got all that nor'easter, man, but we got this uh, lovely California sun out here, uh, so I'm enjoying life out here. It looks definitely looks like spring out here in the Bay. Uh, as uh, the wonderful Katy Perry says, nothing comes close to the Golden Coast. <laughs> all right, let's get let's get right into this. Uh, so we're going to talk today about the NBA and the NCAA basketball tournament, and time permitting, we'll finish up with a little bit of NFL free agency update. But without further ado, let's uh, get into the current NBA standings, and then Aaron and I will discuss how we feel about the current playoff picture. Uh, In the East, we've got the Raptors, Celtics, Cavs, those Sixers trusting the process, Pacers, Wizards, Heat, and those Milwaukee Bucks. And on the outside, looking in at the number nine seed, those Detroit Pistons, who were my sleeper pick to jump ahead of the Miami Heat, but that's clearly not going to happen with the Pistons being five games back with approximately 10 games to go in this NBA regular season. So I was wrong, but I'm not going to apologize. On the West, we got the Rockets, Warriors, Blazers, Thunder, the DeMarcus Cousinless Pelicans, Spurs, Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz. Now, this one I was right about. I thought the Jazz would jump the Nuggets to take one of those final two seeds. And while the Nuggets are only a slim game and a half back of the Utah Jazz, I've got some faith in those Salt Lake City basketball players over there. Now, what do you think about the current standings? And do you think there's going to be any changes between now and the next few weeks so I think there'll be some changes seating wise out in the west um, I pretty much think the east is wrapped up I don't think we're going to see any major changes uh, out there but pretty much that bottom half of the western conference is, is super close so I think the teams are going to remain the same um, but where they all end up I think is just going to kind of be um, surprising. So I know the Spurs are kind of like in that, you know, iffy, you know, thing. So they had that big players only meeting uh, to kind of convince Kawhi to come back and be like, yo, bro, we need you to finish this off um, type deal. So I'm, you know, I think, I think they may jump up. Um, the Rockets have all but locked up the one seed. Uh, the dubs aren't going anywhere uh, out of the two seed. So um, and I think we'll kind of see that bottom three teams jump around a bit, but that's about it. Not much of an argument here. Um, I'll just point out one team from each conference, so I think we'll, we'll make a jump. Uh, but I do not think that any of these uh, current teams, one through eight in either conference, will, will, uh, will lose the playoff spot. Um, in the West, I can see the uh, the Thunder jumping over the Blazers. I don't know. There's there's just 
I, I feel like despite the regular season coming to an end, those you know, we'll, we'll call them a call them a big three. Why not? They are the those the big three over there in Oklahoma City. I just I just feel like they've got a little bit of playoff magic. Just it's waiting. Just just waiting to. They just want to show the world, and I think they will. Uh, in the East, I think the Wizards jump the Pacers. Uh, the Wizards are always an intriguing team to me, year in year out. They they've got a talented roster. Uh, they've got one of the best guard combos in the game with John Wall, Bradley Beal, and they just they just can't seem to to put it all together. But I, I do think they're gonna they're gonna jump a jump a seed. I'm sorry, j- jump a spot, perhaps two. Um, we'll see if they can make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I really am surprised that the Heat are sticking around. I mentioned a little bit earlier um, that. Uh, I was previously expecting the Heat to fall out of favor, and I was expecting the the, the Pistons with their with their new big dog Blake Griffin to jump into the playoff picture, but that obviously has not happened. Uh, I want to point out something really really interesting about the Miami Heat, Aaron. So the Miami Heat roster currently does not have one player scoring 20 points per game or over. In fact, in fact. They only have two players playing over 20 minutes per game that are not scoring in double digits. The remainder of those players, nine in total, nine total players who are playing 20 minutes per game or more are scoring in double digits but under 20 points. I mean, to talk talk about talk about teamwork, right? I mean, these guys. I, I was looking at the at their team and, and their roster and, and the the points per game and. These nine guys are going between like 11.3 and 18.4. I mean, those they're they're all contributing. It's it's amazing to see this from from an NBA team in, the, in this day and age. Uh, what, what I want to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's kind of just been the uh, their way, so to speak, since the big three left. Um, I, to me, it's just you know. It's kind of that, you know, I hate the, you know, kind of like that by committee type aspect of what you hear, it, um, you know, in, you know, in the NFL, uh, they don't necessarily play, you know, bully ball um, or ISO. It's just more of that team game. And it's just kind of, to me, gives them that overall balance of, you know, night in and night out. It's kind of like, okay, Whiteside's got the hot hand. Cool. We just feed him. You know, if this guy's got the hot hand, we, we're just going to continue to feed him. Um, to me, you know, that just shows the onus and the, you know, the coach foe, um, you know, who's gotten a lot more of my credit since uh, LeBron and Wade and all of those guys. And then they've just come back with D Wade and, you know, just the resurgence of the heat, um, you know, it just kind of feels all is right again down in South Beach. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all, um, but it's still nice to see, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, teamwork. Uh, outside of the Spurs, who just kind of fundamental you to death. <laughs> it, it is refreshing to see. Uh, I've I've uh, I've long been critical of of the the current state of the NBA and how top heavy it is, not only with um, teams in certain conferences, but also you know players on certain teams. So I, I'm I'm enjoying seeing and seeing besides the Spurs. Uh, presumably move the ball well. I'll admit I don't watch enough Miami Heat basketball to know how well they do, in fact, move the ball. But the, this sort of parity in, in scoring among nine players 
who are playing significant minutes, you know, 20-plus points a game. I'm sorry, 20-plus minutes per game. is nice to see. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you brought up D. Wade. I mean, him going back to South Beach is, is such a catalyst for, for all this, I feel. And, I mean, I'm, you know, in hindsight, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was wrong about, about the Heat versus the uh, Pistons. I'm glad the Heat are going to make the playoffs. Let Dwayne, Raid, Dwayne Wade have one uh, – one final ride off into the sunset, if indeed this is his final season. That remains to be seen. I'm implying no such thing. But, I mean, he's he knows what it takes to win. He's obviously been on championship teams. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's nice to see, nice to see Wade have this impact on uh, a relatively inexperienced Miami Heat team. You want to give a uh, quick, quick little, uh, quick little update, and if you think your Golden State Warriors are gonna, are gonna still, you know, win the whole thing, you think that's still the case? Um. So, if they are all healthy, yes. Um, if they are not healthy, then no. Um, I, I said it before. I continue to say it again. I don't trust Houston. I don't think. James Harden, as much as I, you know, think he's a great player, um, I just I don't think he's clutch. CP3 is not clutch. Um, I've seen these players more so crumble on the big stage um, than I have them succeed in any kind of way. Um, and by clutch, I mean not, you know, hitting the game winner in the regular season against, you know, the Nuggets or, you know, Golden State or a team like that but um, more so clutch as in stepping up in a playoff series uh, and hitting, you know, big shots, leading the team um, type. I, you know, I just don't see that from either of them. You know, I, I, the one knock I have on Harden to me is, like, I don't picture him as a leader, you know. Like, when I think James Harden, I think score. I think, you know, just pure that's it. Um and I just don't think that Dan Tony teams can withstand the physicality that is in the playoffs. I don't think they can, you know, be able to play those minutes and get key stops in the playoffs. Um, and especially against, you know, that's my thing is like the last thing you want to do is get into a shootout with the Warriors. Like they got four guys, you got two. Like, you know, you're going into a situation outgunned, you know, you're basically doubled up and outgunned. So, um you know, in my opinion, I just think it's uh, it's hard for me to, you know, trust those guys. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm i going with Golden State, the proven contender. Um, you know, they did it. You know, they, they made it to the finals with a hobble, Steph Curry, and, you know, took the, uh, took the Cavs to a game seven, you know, and Kyrie pulled up from, you know, basically quarter court to a, uh, you know, to win it for them. So, you know, I, in, in my opinion, I, I think it's going to take a valiant effort, and I just don't necessarily see it from Houston. Um, so, and I just don't think any team – the only team that, that I continue to say is Boston. That's the only team that scares me. Um, you know, going up against this bad of a cast team, I think the Warriors blow them out again in five, dubs and six. I mean, dubs and five, you know. I cannot argue against – a fully healthy Golden State Warriors team. Um, I I want to make a quick comment on what you said about Harden not being a leader. While I do agree with you, I I don't necessarily think he bears that burden with CP3 on the squad. 
I think that was one main reason, among many others, of course, why they brought Paul to Houston and why Paul went to Houston. You know, Paul, at this stage of his career, he's he's fine being the number two, and he he's probably well aware of uh, the type of character and demeanor and you know gameplay and style of play that Harden has. And you know, Chris Chris Paul is falling back and probably keeping keeping things in line, keeping things in order. And I think it's it's a perfect Jekyll and Hyde situation. Uh, but once again. Fully healthy Golden State can't argue against that. Um, but if they go head to get against head to head, excuse me, against playoff LeBron, we're going to have to strongly reconsider. But I'll save that for another day. As we near the end of this NBA regular season, the MVP race is hot. What do you got, Aaron? You still with us? Oh, sorry, I had it on mute, man. My bad. <laughs> um, ladies and yeah, gentlemen, so... ladies and gentlemen, wait, hold on, hold on. That that is that is the first the first technical difficulty of run the point in 2018. Let that be noted. Carry on, sir. That is, I will definitely say that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think averaging you know 31 points a game, you know, eight. Point seven, we can call it nine assists per game, um, you know, and just setting the league on fire. I, I got to give it to James, uh, James Harden, not LeBron James, but James Harden. Um, uh-huh. Solely, just solely based off of that, um, you know, he's basically been the heart and soul of, of that Houston team, uh, leading the league in three-pointers made, um, you know, and so it's just to me, it just goes to show, you know, the kind of uh, the kind of work the guys put in. Granted, he's just a scoring machine. We all know what he's capable of doing. Um, but you know, and then what he likes on the defensive end. So I just think to me, it's got to be Harden. Um, you know, he's every year he's supposed to win it. Somebody else does something amazing. Last year. Uh, he made a, you know, he basically had to give it to Russ for, you know, setting the triple double, triple double record uh, in the season. Year before that, Steph had, you know, hand down, man down kind of year, um, and you couldn't, you know. But this to me, it's his year. You got to give it to him. I mean, LeBron is technically, yes, the best player in the NBA, but he also hasn't had the best season. Um, you know, he's been on, you know, finishing strong, but. You know, you got to look at the whole thing. I hate when guys look, oh, you know, over the last 10 games, over since the All-Star break, it don't matter what happened. What is It's a year award. What did he do over the course of the year? And basically, I mean, he's putting up, you know, MVP-type numbers. James Harden is having a better year than LeBron is having this year. Well, well, well. That does not surprise me one bit. However, I'm going to – you leave me no choice but to but to present the opposite of that argument, and therefore pick LeBron James for the 2017-2018 season NBA MVP. And I, I do see your point about LeBron not having perhaps his best season statistically, but let's let's talk relatively for a moment. I mean, LeBron's best season is one of the best seasons ever. Now, the one thing that really sticks out to me, this, well, first of all, let me, let me just quickly 
quickly state LeBron's stats. And I won't get too detailed. I'm not going to get all X's and O's on you, but 27.4 points per game, 9.1 assists per game, 8.6 rebounds per game. His three-point percentage, 36.9. His field goal percentage, 54.5. So just just shy, just shy of averaging a triple-double. And, of course, Russ last year did indeed average a triple-double. So LeBron James is quite close to that. So I would caution you, my friend, saying LeBron James isn't really having a great year statistically because he is by human being standards, just perhaps maybe not by King James standards. Now, I do want to point out that it's been very impressive to me as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, and not afraid to admit as a huge LeBron fan, that he's, he's keeping these Cavaliers in the thick of things. They're the number three seed in the East right now, and you know, anybody can come out of the East. I think Cleveland will, but, you know, some people, such as yourself, think Boston, and and rightfully so. But regardless, he's he's got them in an the argument of of one of the top two in the Eastern Conference. I think I think we can both agree on that. And this is this is a team, and perhaps a, a franchise that's kind of in flux right now. I mean, this they made those those crazy trades earlier in the season that uh, they they pretty much have half of their roster turned over. Uh, and LeBron is, is continuing to play at the level that he's playing at. Uh, if, if you watch him, he, he, to me at least, seems like he's continually being the good teammate that he traditionally has been uh, on, on the court. You know, who knows what happens outside of the hardwood. But it's also very, very amazing what he's doing without elite talent. I mean, you think of when Cleveland was was both winning and competing for ultimately losing for championships the last couple of years. I mean, they they had they had a big three, even though Kevin Love has been declining in in his skill over the years, and he's had the injury bug the last few years as well. And uh, it's been heavily documented about how he kind of sort of maybe doesn't fit into Cleveland and kind of sort of maybe doesn't get along with people there. And that's 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 another story that's either here nor there at the moment, but uh, you look at NBA teams and you know, the, the, the top teams, and they're, they're really, really loading up. Uh, you know, once again, referencing the, the idea of, of a big three. Cleveland doesn't have a big three. Uh, I mean, th- they did with, with uh, LeBron and when Love first came on, and of course Kyrie, but now it's, it's uh, LeBron, uh, kind of three-fourths of a Kevin Love and a bunch of guys who – haven't been on the team for like two months. I mean, it's, it's it's LeBron and guys like Jordan Clarkson and and Larry Nance and um, George Hill and Rodney Hood and you know, these these are these are decent to 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 good players, but Cleveland lacks elite talent, and it's it's really amazing to me what they're doing this season and what LeBron is doing with a team lacking just that elite talent, which is why. I'm going to go ahead and give the MVP to LeBron James. But what, what's what's your major major rebuttal to that? So you're basing it off of what he's doing with elite talent. So James Harden basically has CP3, 
and that's it. And he's in the hardest conference in the NBA, the toughest conference in the NBA, putting up better numbers than LeBron, and his team is in first place. I mean, to me, it's kind of like you're the best player in the NBA. You got somewhat of a solid team around you and the best you can manage in the East, which is the weaker conference, is, you know, five, six seats. You know, so for me, that's that's where it's at. At the end of the day, yeah, he's putting up phenomenal numbers, all these things, but all that counts is wins and losses. <laughs> and James Harden is doing it a lot better in a harder conference. And James Harden has missed some time this year and still putting up better numbers than LeBron. You know, so imagine if he played all 82 games this year, his numbers would even be more inflated. I currently have the NBA website open on my web browser, and they're actually showing footage or highlights in reference to the MVP race. And all I see is James Harden, hitting threes. So I, I think I know who ESPN thinks is going to win the MVP. But I, I see your point. I, I do not disagree. But I, I always I always try and big, bring people back to the, to the, to the point, uh, to, to this point. And perhaps this is, um, this is just sort of a uh, hypothesis, if you will. But I, I don't know the numbers, but I would really, really be intrigued to know. Uh, so let's, 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 let me compare NFL for a second. We talked about NFL receivers and, and target share, right? So fantasy football, for example, uh, you, you, you want to draft a receiver who not only puts up good numbers, but also has a high target share on his team, gets a lot of passes thrown his way. Um, I'm interest, interested to see the, the percentage of shots taken or even the percentage of the time that the offense has run through Harden versus LeBron. Perhaps, perhaps the, the ball being in – and one hand versus the others isn't isn't that different. But I really want to do a little bit of research into just what percentage of Houston shots go through or are obviously taken by James Harden versus LeBron. Because I, I often tell people, you know, if LeBron wanted to take 50 shots a game, he probably, probably couldn't. He'd score, who knows, 40-something points a game or, or, or whatever. But I, I I always digress, and I always take a step back and say, you know, LeBron – isn't necessarily a score first player. He's kind of 60, 40 scoring versus facilitator. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm hesitant to just give the MVP to a guy who sure is, is as productive and as dominant as James Harden, but really just does a lot of scoring. I mean, have you seen James Harden play defense? It's not a pretty sight. Have you seen LeBron play defense? Let's, let's not seen LeBron. act like LeBron is a shutdown <laughs> like, shut defender now. We, there, hey, I, hey, you hey, can pull up footage of LeBron <laughs> slacking on D. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. So, they're not, we are not talking about two-way players. I mean, if we want to go on that route, then none of these people would be in that conversation of, you know, the and best perhaps, two-way perhaps player. Perhaps that's a problem with with, with the MVP. So, yeah, it's it, it's a, it's an so, offensive I mean, award. I mean, uh, so, right. So you look at it from from that standpoint too. I get it. 
But, I mean, LeBron's averaging 9.1 assists per game. James Harden's right behind him at 8.7. So I, I think, you know, James Harden is doing just as much of facilitating when he has Chris Paul, who is right behind him at 7.9 assists per game. You know, so they're three and four in the NBA. Uh, and he's actually averaging more assists than his own point guard. So, I mean, it's safe to say to me that it's kind of like, you know, I I get the whole usage and I get it, but I think people know James Harden for his scoring. Like, that's what he's known for. So, it's like when you hear the name James Harden, you think beard, you think going off for 60 and having, you know, seven assists and four rebounds, you know. And then when you hear LeBron, you think of, you know, basically can play one through five and his triple doubles are, you know, 45, 12, and, you know, 10 kind of deal. But LeBron, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just simply going to say, I was just simply going to circle back to, to my point with, or in regards to, to Cleveland having its ridiculous roster turnover sort of sort of midseason, which I, I which which does does play a, a small uh, small role, but a role nonetheless in my in my decision here. Uh, but hey, you, you can't so, you can't go wrong with either guy. You 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 really can't. Right. No. But and so my only knock my only knock that I always have. And that I always bring up with people when they throw LeBron into this and, and they talk about that. But at the end of the day, LeBron chooses his team. Like, we all know that. LeBron says, this is who I want. Go get this guy. Do what it takes to get this guy, right? You know, that was why he was so upset because they didn't consult him about trading Kyrie and all this other stuff. Um, so to me, it's kind of like, okay, if you go hand pick your team. And you say, I want this guy, I want this guy, we need to do this, we need to do that. You're the coach, you're the GM, you're doing you're doing all these moves. And then when your moves don't work out, you you can't sit here and say, Oh, but look at this. Well it's like that's what you wanted. Like you wanted that forward focus to go up against that Mustang and when that Mustang smoked you, you'd be like, Well, I had a forward focus. But that's what you wanted. Like you wanted that. That's those are the players, those are the things that you chose to do. So that's why, for me, it's like I give him so much flack is because when you make these moves and this is what you choose to do, you then lose that, you know, ability to come back and say, oh, well, you know, he had these guys and he had to go up against four NBA All-Stars and four potential Hall of Famers. Well, it's like, well, he knew that. That's who he chose to go I, I, I think – I, I so you know I know I know this I know this Go ahead. I mean, so that I mean that's just my only flack against him. It's like you can't pick and choose. Oh, I want D Wade, and then halfway through the season, D Wade to shovel himself, and you're like, all right, D Wade, you got to go. And then oh, I want this guy, and then halfway through the season, he's just shoveling himself. It's like, well, that's your problem. This is the guy you wanted for your system, for what you wanted to do. Like, you know, you put yourself in the situation, so I don't really have, you know, much remorse for you. I know that the point you just made has been very well documented over the years. However, 
sometimes I question just how much of input he has. I'm sure he has a tremendous input, but he's not going to go tap the jam on the shoulder and be like, hey, man, can you go, can you go get me uh, Paul George, please? And then it just, you know, with a snap of a finger, it happens. So I, I, think, there, I think there may be a little bit more check, checks and balances in this process than, than we as fans may think, but we'll never know. Uh, we will never know. But we won't have to wait too much longer to find out who's going to win this prestigious award. Let's talk about some free agents, shall we? Let's, uh, let's talk about um, three, three names in each of the five positions of basketball. Uh, Aaron and I will talk about whether or not we think these players will jump to another team or stick around to their current team. Uh, we have not made these decisions based on any team salary cap situations or or players to fit certain offensive or defensive systems. Uh, we're just keeping this fun, lighthearted, jovial, and we'll go from there. Let's start with the with the point guards. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name three point guards and go off with what I just mentioned, and then Aaron will follow. Let's start with Marcus Smart, currently of the Boston Celtics. Now, I think that would be interesting if Mr. Smart left Boston and went to the Spurs. I just think Greg Popovich would really, really enjoy coaching this guy. He's a tough, hard-nosed guard. He's very, very strong defensively. His perimeter defense is some of the best in the league. And you pair him with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Wow, you're you're going to do a great job limiting the perimeter and shutting down a large portion of the outside of the half court. Plus, Boston they've they've got a lot of draft picks and they've got they've got a really strong nucleus. Obviously, their their starting point guard is is Kyrie, uh, and I I think that they I think that they're going to want to bring in some new faces. You know, as they continue forward, regardless of how the season ends, of course they're 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 a title contender currently. But I think they're going to want to add add a few quote unquote missing pieces, and I think they may have to do that at, at the expense of Marcus Smart. What do you think about Mr. Smart? I actually think he should stay in Boston. So I like the way Boston is currently constructed. I look at what they're doing without Gordon Hayward. Or Howard, or whatever his fucking last name is. Hayward, you got her. You got the first time, bro. Hayward. Hayward. (laughs) Hayward. Look what they're doing without Gordon Hayward. Put Gordon Hayward on this team, and hands down, they are, I, wow, is just kind of, they're scary. That's a scary team. So, for me, I think he stays put. He should stay put. Boston's got a great thing going. Um, and to you know, I, if he does leave, I could you know I would say either Memphis or you know San Antonio are potential you know landing spots based off of his kind of skill set. Um, but I also you know he's not really a one to me. Uh, yeah, he's that's kind of what he's listed as. Uh, it's like listing Jimmy Graham as a tight end when he's really you know basically a wide receiver. Um, but I digress. So. <laughs> Hey, 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 we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about Jimmy Graham today. Cut that out. Yeah. 
So I just think we, I think he stays in Boston. He should stay in Boston. Um, and, you know, continue, and Boston should continue just to build with the nucleus they got. Yeah, they got a bunch of, I mean, they just got, to me, Boston reminds me of, like, that old Clippers team that was so young and all they did was throw alley-oops when we had, um, Golly, I can't even remember who it was. I think was it Andre City, Miller? Bro, Lab City. Yeah, Lab City. Yeah, and all those guys. And it's like, man, if they just would have stayed to get Quentin Richardson, uh, the dude with the, the with the dreads and he always wore the head, man. I can't think of his name. Real skinny guy. Um, it's it's like, man, if that team just would have stayed together. Oh, like, oh, you're talking they, about the old. You're talking about the old Clippers. The old old Clippers. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You're talking about uh, what's it? Is that, uh, Darius Miles was the skinny guy with the dress. Darius Miles. Yes. That oh, Clippers the throwback squad. of Darius Miles. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. That Clippers man. squad, man. Man. If that and it was like that team had so much just young talent, and they just like needed time to put it together. But it was just like. You know, when they're in L.A. and then the Lakers wore the Lakers at that point in time, Shaq, Kobe, Rick Fox, Robert Ory. So it's just kind of like, you know, they're trying to compete with that. But it's like, no, like you can't compete with that. Nobody can really compete with that, you know, which is why they won so many titles and, you know, just everything. So it's just kind of like they had – like if that team would have stayed together, I think the Clippers would have won the title back in the day. Um and that's just my personal. I, I never. And that's kind of how I look at. That's kind of how I look at this Boston team and the way they're constructed. Of just like, man, if they can keep those pieces in together, and it's like, Jason Tatum balling right now, Marcus Smart balling right now, and it's like, add in Kyrie, add in you know a healthy Gordon, and it's just like, oh my God, that team is it's scary. It's like now LeBron is truly has like legit true you know, competitor. And it's kind of like, I mean, even this year, it's like they give them, you know, they're scary. And it's like, you know, Brad Stevens, what he's doing up there, he, I, I really want to see that guy get a title, man. Uh, he truly deserves it. Um, he's a hell of a coach. And, and I just like the way Boston's constructed. Maybe it's because I'm a Pat fan and, you know, I'm somewhat of a, you know, I just love Boston sports in general. So, um, I you know, I, I like I like what Boston's got going on right now. I I wanna I wanna take a take a minute take a second to, to thank you for jogging my memory in regards to Darius Miles. Never thought I'd say his name again in my life. But here we are. <laughs> All right, the ne- next point guard is Isaiah Thomas, currently of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Uh, you can you, we can edit this out later to erase what I just said. Uh, but he, he started his, he started out with uh, Sacramento, coming out of uh, Washington University or University of Washington, whatever whatever however you want to put the U and the W, the W and the U. Um, and then he he went to he went to Boston. Uh, he was he was lighting it up. Um, Cleveland after hip surgery didn't really work out. Now he's in L.A. I, I just I just really want to, I really want to see this guy stick with the team and kind of regain his old, his old form, get his swag back again. And I'm going to keep this analysis real short and simple. Where else but to recapture your swag than Hollywood? What do you think about Isaiah? 
Hey, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. You know, this guy's got he, – he's too – it's too much – there's too much variable. Um, if I get the IP of Boston, I think, yeah. But, I mean, also in L.A., it's like you get the whole ball situation, so it's kind of like do you want to bring that? Uh, he already didn't work out with LeBron in Cleveland, so it's kind of like, you know, and they're, you know, supposedly a top contender to land LeBron. So it's kind of like, do you want to start off, you know, with that? So to me, it's kind of like, I I, just, I don't really know where there's a fit for Isaiah. Um, so for me, it's just kind of like, I think he kind of needs to find his role and maybe um, he becomes like a sixth man, comes off the bench uh, and kind of goes to a team and he can come off the bench. Yeah, I actually would kind of like to see him go get linked up with, you know, maybe like a, like a San Antonio, get linked up with Pop, you know, get put in the system and, you know, he can be utilized and, and put to his full potential. Because I, I think that was one of the good things of why he succeeded so well um, in Boston. Or maybe go get, you know, go down to uh, New Orleans and link up with, you know, AD and Boogie uh, and do his thing out there. And I would actually kind of be – uh, you know, a, a nice little squad out there too. You put IT out there uh, with you know AD and Boogie. That's that's a solid young squad right there. Um, again, of like a core nucleus. If you can kind of keep them together, I think you can make some deep runs. Um, you know, and, and scare some people. So because I think that's kind of one of the biggest things that um, you know New Orleans is missing too is just that outside uh, shooting press. You know, presence from that standpoint because, um, you know, there's not much not much going on out there. So, you know, outside I, of AD I, and Boogie is kind of like no perimeter game. I, I, re- I really like where you're going with, 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 the, with the Pelicans, but I, I would caution that move just because Isaiah isn't, isn't necessarily a, a pass for his point guard. I, I just think that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, a lot of offense. I think that that I think that that would get a little bit too too boggled and jumbled up down there with those three guys. Uh, they they I do think they need to add uh, a, a dynamic point guard this off season. New Orleans that is, assuming that that they keep keep Boogie of course. Uh, but I I'm not I just I just don't know if it's the guy. Uh, Chris Paul, we all know where he plays because apparently the Houston Rockets are you know the the team of the current MVP, according to Aaron. Uh, he's, man, Chris Chris Paul just wants to win, and I want to see this guy win, and he's not going to go to Golden State. He's not going to go to Cleveland. So, bro, just just stay in Houston because it's his best chance at winning third place behind Golden State and whoever makes it on the East. What, what's so, Chris Paul going to say? I actually think so. – I, so I think Chris Paul goes two places. He stays in Houston. Don't say back to New Orleans. Do not say back to New Orleans. Don't say that. No. He's going back to L.A. Okay. But he's going back to L.A. with the Lakers. Mm. And he's teaming up with LeBron. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul George too, right? Because oh, bro, you took it. You took the words out of my mouth. That's gonna be the next big three. I, I, I'm telling you, 
CP3. Paul, I mean, because, I mean, we're going down to Paul George and, and those guys next. So, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing it out there right now. It's PG, LeBron, CP3, all on the Lakers. Showtime is back. Man, oh, man. Well, whew, I, I I actually – He was supposed to be I, with the I, Lakers. You know, he was supposed I, to be I know, with the I know. But I have I have the complete opposite view of the Lakers. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna transition quite I'm gonna transition here for a moment. So I said Isaiah should stay in LA and just kind of try and build his identity, which you kind of alluded to, uh, but just perhaps not in a Laker uniform. Uh, so let's let's jump to to two guard now. And first one is Contavious Caldwell Pope. That's a fun name to say. And I think he should stay in LA as well. I mean let let him and Isaiah build a good one-two punch at guard, well, you know, including ball, of course. So uh, those three guys in the, in the three-man guard rotation, let's let's see what the Lakers can build with what they have. I don't necessarily think they're going to make all these big splashes, although it obviously wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But I, I as a fan, and, you know, just to reiterate, we're, we're making these picks, you know, as, as fans more or less. We're not necessarily getting into the, the nitty-gritty of, of uh, X's and O's of, uh, of the NBA uh Chalkboard here, a clipboard rather. But let's uh, Contavious stay in LA with Isaiah and Ball and, and build a solid three guard rotation and and take it from there. Contavious, yeah, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go. go. All right. I mean, I mean, because I, I just don't. So I, I think this: if he stays, he's taking a lesser role and he's coming off the bench. Um, sure. And, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, then that's fine. I, I think – I honestly truly think the Lakers are making a huge, huge push to land some big name free agent because that's what they need. They got a solid young nucleus, yes, but they need one or two big name free agents to come in. And I think, you know, LB, you know, J and, you know, PG-13 um, – they're going to be those guys, um, you know, and, and maybe they Chris Paul takes a little less money um, or, you know, does whatever and just says, all right, cool, I'm, I'm teaming up. You know, we had a fun ride out here, James. But unless, you know, I, it's going to take, I, I think, the, the day and age of you need, you know, a Shaq and Kobe, a Stockton Malone, a Jordan Pippen, um, you know, uh, Alonzo Mourning, you know, Patrick Ewing, you know, those days of having two guys, now it's going to take, you know, these big threes in order to win titles. Um, and I just think that's the day and age of where we're at, um, you know, of within the NBA. And I honestly think the Lakers are making a big push, and they'll at least get two. Um and they'll make, you know, and they'll make a run, but the West is hard. So, you know, if they'll make it out, depending on who they get, you know, we'll see kind of how the rest of this stuff lands. But I think he's either going to take a lesser role because they're going to land some big-name free agents or uh, he's got to go and, you know, maybe go to uh, one of those younger teams like a Milwaukee or, or maybe go out to, you know, a, a, San Antonio or maybe like a New Orleans uh, and kind of start to develop and, and make, you know, himself known out there. But him in a Lakers uniform, um, like I said, it's either take a reduced role or uh, say your piece and goodbye, my friend. Uh, you 
you mentioned Karl Malone and one of the most gruesome images I have in all of NBA is Karl Malone in the Lakers uniform. Uh, Tyreek <laughs> Evans, Memphis, Gri- <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. You know, Tyreek is Tyreek has been a questionable player throughout his career. He's been wildly inconsistent. Another former Sacramento King, one of their failed draft picks, many over the years. But anyway, uh, he's he's having a really good year in Memphis, and I just think he should stay. Another guy who's just kind of played on a handful of teams and kind of you know, just hasn't really been that consistent. And man, Tyreek just he's he's a tough, hard-nosed guy. Just that kind of fits the mold of the Grizz. He doesn't really have much competition there. He's he he can he can kind of be the guy outside of Gasol and Conley. I wouldn't call him a big three, but you know, Tyreek just just stay in Memphis, bro. Yeah, I'm with you. Stay in Memphis. Maybe go out to San Antonio because they kind of play the same uh, that same type of basketball. But either stay in Memphis or or stay in you know maybe go to San Antonio or something. But these options and uh, to me are kind of limited. Yeah. All right, Mr. Zach Levine. I, th- I'm just speaking purely from a from a from a fan standpoint. Go to Milwaukee. Play play with the Greek Freak. Sp- spread the floor. Dunk some basketballs. Make it exciting. You know, I actually I, I like that. I would actually surprisingly. So I'm I'm going out on the limb here. I would actually like to see him come out here to the Bay, and I think him on his second unit Dubs team, that would be kind of scary. I I like uh, Zach Levine. <laughs> I don't think he'll I, – so I think he is very overrated from a – he can be a number one main guy. And, you know, oh, he sure. can, you know, so, so I think from that standpoint, he's overrated, but I think this guy, you put him in a system. Um, and I think to me, it's like, he just reminds me a lot of Iggy when Iggy was young. And I was like, man, just to see that guy with Iggy now and kind of, you know, start that development. It's like, that would be scary. Like just think about him and Iguodala on the, you know, on the court at the same time, you know, it's like, that's, that's kind of scary. Like, that's, you know, he's a solid two, three, you know, you're not asking him to go out there and, you know, put up big numbers. Hey, just come off the bench, you know, give me about, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, you know, relieve KD when he gets tired. <laughs> wait, 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 man. So, the rich get richer. Uh, I I don't I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I I just think Zach Levine's gonna gonna get overpaid wherever he goes. Um, and I don't know that the Dubs would be willing to commit to that financially. But in theory, that sounds yeah, no, pretty, I mean, pretty good. Completely agree. No, yeah, no, completely agree. But just from like I said, perfect world, perfect scenario. We're playing two K, and yeah. I you know I take turn the salary cap off, and I'm building a team. It's like yeah, I'm going to get yeah. Zach and, Levine. And I, and yeah. yeah, and, and I, I kind of, I kind of cheated there because I, I, I did mention that we're not considering money, so I, I, I cheated. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. No, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I had the same thing with some other stuff with the Lakers, so I mean, it's all good. 
But you know, yeah. for me, right. it's just that it's that thing of you know. Yeah. I, I I think actually him on Golden State would just be super scary. But I'd also think it'd be fun to watch. Like, sure. All right, let's uh, let's get into small forwards. Uh, the, the 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 big three are pretty big. Uh, I'm I'm gonna lump them together because I think they're all gonna stay. Paul George, Kevin Durant, and LeBron. Just just real quick, Paul George. I think he should stay on a short term deal. I I just I really want to see what he can accomplish with 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 Russell Westbrook. I I I think I think that. OKC, if they just add a couple more pieces, can really, really push in the next couple of years. Uh, I don't think George is going to be willing to stay long term, but if he ultimately does decide, does decide to stay Oklahoma City, but eh, you know, one can dream. Kevin Durant, yeah, he's not going anywhere. LeBron, if that man leaves Cleveland again, mm-mm-mm. I don't want to see how that's going to turn out. I, I bet you, I bet you're going to say all three of these guys are going to go to the Lakers, right? No, uh, PG three, PG thirteen is gone. Uh, I think he's going to LA with LeBron. Those are my my two things, and then I agree. I think KD uh, found a thing in Golden State, and I think once kind of their time and their run is up, um, I think he'll probably move on. I think he'll actually go back home and play and uh, play with the Wizards and finish out his time out there. But um, you know, to me, it's it's one of those things of I actually think PG-13 and LeBron team up um, down in L.A. Wait, wait, wait. What did you just say about Durant? Can you repeat yourself, please? I said KD staying in Golden State and then probably in the next three years, oh, okay. four years, I, I, Golden I, I State's I, run okay. is done, right. he, he goes back home to, to D.C. and finishes right. out his time in D.C. All right, all right. I, I I can I can stand by that. Um, so so, in the interest of time, we got power forward and center. Uh, we 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 have three once again three guys from each position. Aaron, let, let's let's take let's take one guy who we think is going to leave their current team and as we've been doing, stay wide. I'll I'll, I'll lead off. I'll lead off here. Um, Aaron Gordon of the Magic. I would, once again, speaking as a fan, I would love for him to go to the Clippers, but only if DeAndre Jordan stayed with the Clippers. Because, call me crazy, but I think Aaron Gordon is the next coming of Blake Griffin. I'm done with that. Go ahead. <laughs> Overrated and overpaid. Gotcha. Uh, um, a lot of people feel that way. So I'm in the minority. <laughs> Um, if I out of so we got Jabari Parker, Julius Randle, and Aaron Gordon out of those three, who I think leaving, I actually think Jabari Parker is gone. Um, I don't think he's happy in Milwaukee, um, and so I think he's out. Um, I, and I, I think I where agree. he'll end up, I, I agree. I where he'll end up. I, I mean, there's a it'll be a gang of teams. I don't think there's one team specifically, um, just because he's you know. To me, he's just with all the injuries, everything he's had, I, it's too much to know of where he'll go. Um, so I think he'll have a lot of teams buying for him, but I, I think he's definitely out. Where he ends up, I don't know. He's 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 still he's still very young, and he's the guy who can play the three or or the four, and he you know as a as a complimentary piece, he he fit in with a lot of teams. Uh, let's let's go ahead with center, same thing. 
But let, let's let's flip it. One guy who we think of, of these three among Clint Capella, Demarcus Cousins, and Nikola Jokic. Sorry, I probably mispronounced his name. One guy who we think is going to stay and why. I'm going to go with good old Boogie Cousins, another former Sacramento King. See a theme here of all these Kings who sucked on the Kings. Well, Cousins was a phenomenal player at Sacramento. But players who were on the Kings left the Kings and are thriving elsewhere. It's just a theme here. But Cousins is going to stay because we've got to see what he and and, uh, and Davis can do together in a full season with both those guys healthy, right? We, 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 we deserve that as fans, one full season with both those guys. Who, who's, who's staying among yeah. these three? Completely agree with everything you just said. I'm, I'm with Boogie. I think him and AD, he probably signs a you know short-term deal, two-, three-year deal, stays with AD, and they try and make a push, make a run, and grab some other you know free agents and, and uh, see what they can do. You sure he's not going to the Lakers? Positive. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. We got about five minutes left. Aaron and I are just going to give a uh, – so Loyola Chicago has beaten Nevada, um, but we're going to make our pitches Michigan if we didn't know that. Michigan has knocked off Texas A&M, too. Perfect. Okay. So we're, let's pretend those didn't so happen. So let's just go down to our final of, four. Let's just, let's just yeah. hit a final four with the remaining team. Final four. Final four? For, okay. For time's uh, sake. Yeah, for time's sake. Okay. All right, go ahead. Let's hear it. You first. Uh, so kind of where I'm at, I actually think Kentucky. Um, I think Kentucky and the Zags, uh, and then I think Duke and Nova um, get it done. What? And <laughs> – and I actually, at this point in time, at this point in time, I actually think Duke's going to take it. Uh, I know I went with Nova. I, Duke is scary. And the way they played last weekend, if they can continue to play that way, um, that that's a scary, scary team. They got the number one overall pick um, in the NBA draft coming up with uh, Marvin Bagley the third, And uh, – you know, Grayson was playing out of his mind. So if they can keep it up, um, I actually, you know, not even as a homer, but just with all the craziness and the madness that happened, UVA out, all the other teams that I thought that would knock them out, Michigan State, um, that would give them trouble all being gone. I think the only team that can probably give them a scare uh, in the tourney is Nova just solely because Nova reminds me so much of Golden State to where it's like at one through five, they can just flat out shoot the rock and shoot the three. And they can do it very, very well. So um, I think a Nova Duke um, is going to kind of could be it, but I just, you know, it's just something about Marvin Bagley. I think he's going to have an amazing game uh, and impact and uh, Duke will lock him down and uh, take it. Now, do, does this – the way this Duke team has been playing, uh, does it eerily remind you of the the, the, the Mike Dunleavy years and perhaps a little further back to the Christian Leitner years? Any, any Anything there? So, so this actually – this the way this Duke team is kind of built, it actually reminds me of the Boozer, uh, Trajan Landing, Jay Williams, all of those guys. Okay. Um, those those early early two thousands Duke teams, not late, you know, not not the nineties, not the eighties Duke, but the, the early two thousands Duke. Um, that's kind of the way this team just 
you know, reminds me of not very deep. Uh, Coach K doesn't, you know, go deep into the bench. You know, probably got about a seven-man rotation um, of guys of who he truly trusts. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think uh, in this day and age, I think it's, you know, to me, they're playing the best basketball. Um, them and Nova, and like I said, just, if Nova gets hot, then, yeah, I think they can just because, like I said, one through five, that whole team can just flat out shoot the rock. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going. So we differ in only one school for the Final Four pick, and ironically, the one school that I don't have is your champion, the Duke Blue Devils. Um, but I've got I've got Kentucky over Gonzaga, and Kansas over Nova, and then sticking with my original pick of the Kansas Jayhawks winning the 2018 NCAA Men's National Basketball Championship. Rock Chalk Jayhawks. Rock, rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, well, it's just about wraps it up. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save uh, an, an intriguing topic for for next week. Uh, that being um, the the parody among basketball nowadays and the the one and done kids at the bigger name schools and the these mid major programs kind of making a rise in, in competitiveness and and all of that and we're seeing a lot of upsets in this year's NCAA tournament. Uh so stay tuned for that next week. We'll also get into a little bit of preview of the upcoming baseball season. Uh I hear that Aaron is a huge baseball fan, so I know he's excited about that. Uh what what do you what, what do you wanna what do you want these what do you want these folks to look forward to next week, Aaron? Uh, so, yeah, so I'm definitely uh, next week. We're actually going to switch it up a lot. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hit on some, some baseball next week. Uh, go Braves. Uh, go Red Sox. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Masters preview. Uh, give a quick rundown of Tiger, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, um, and stuff like that. Butch Kepska's out um, last year's uh, Masters. So, um Overall, I think, you know, next week we'll, we'll kind of break the trend and, and go to some uh, not-so-much-talked-about sports. So uh, stay tuned and definitely check it out. We out. Peace.